Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making, like, nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you really to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to a special edition of The Come Up Show podcast brought to you by SoundCloud's new music docuseries, Next Wave. SoundCloud is shining a light on the stories and sounds behind the creators that are impacting the music culture. This docuseries is going all across the world on a six-city journey. Episode 1 was in L.A., and Episode 2, you guessed it, is highlighting Toronto. Now, over the past decade, Toronto music scene has exploded. Thanks to artists like Drake, The Weeknd, and others who have been rising to international fame. And when you ask people, what is the Toronto sound? There's an overall consensus that it's dark, moody, down-tempo, ambient R&B, and hip-hop. In this episode, we'll be focusing on an emerging music scene that exists slightly left of what's most popular in Toronto. The sounds can be characterized as groove-based, futuristic, a playful blend of multiple genres that has a soulful quality that you cannot fake. We're going to be focusing on a few of those creators on this special edition of the Gumbum Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going? My name is Eloquent. Um, I make beats. We start off with Eloquent, a producer beatmaker known for his smooth, soulful style. Jay Dilla and DJ Premier are some of his earliest influences. Several years ago, when Eloquent started uploading his beats online, there was a stigma that was attached with being a bedroom producer. Okay, well, you're a, you're a bedroom producer, or you're you know you're just some guy with a mic making songs, and so you're on this side of the the equation, and on the other side are the hmm. are the big major labels and all the all the corporate bigwigs. And it wasn't until much later on where they started to intersect. And for me, as a proud bedroom producer, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I came up making beats at a time when everybody really liked to to look down upon anybody trying to make music but wasn't doing it in in like a big studio or with big like expensive equipment and and soundcloud and a few other sites were really out there just showing everybody that like no like there's talent there's talent everywhere the biggest amount in terms of the means with with equipment and everything and then but there's folks just as just as good who are just using like just their macbooks um so i think soundcloud was pretty instrumental in sort of shattering that that sort of stigma and belief and so when i see you know chance the rapper like collecting awards and and stuff and it's like he was just like me not very long ago i was around when like k or or whoever at, at the time when you know they only had like 500 followers and you know, and we'd all be just like trading, trading links with with one another, and 
and you know, and he he did a a bootleg remix of a Janet Jackson song, and flash forward five years later, and he's he literally was on the cover of Vogue the other day. You know, like that that stuff is really really, it it, it it's unbelievable. Let's do it. Do it. so many so many interesting artists just just by accident you know i'll be listening to somebody's song and then it'll finish and the autoplay will just pick somebody who, algorithms on point man uh, yeah, yeah the algorithm is yeah. amazing yeah um so and actually i think yeah i think i might have been listening to forget who and then you know and i'm just doing something else in the room like maybe i'm cleaning or something and then you know some voice comes on like yo this song was like low-key crazy who is this person why have i never heard of them who is this ali person why does she have spaces in between all the letters like let me investigate this you know um and i mean that was a another interesting discussion you guys had Shout out to Allie. Back on this road called Lonely. I'm losing sight of all the homies. Somebody tell me where I'm going. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. Cause I've been sipping all these potions. And they got me open. Everything just keeps on falling. Ali is a singer-songwriter who recently released her debut album, Nightshade, which is fire! You need to check it out. It includes collaboration with Harrison, Birthday Boy, Second Son, just to name a few. And there's a spirit of collaboration that Ali brings to the table. And that's going to be pretty apparent when you listen to this episode. The song that you're hearing right now is by Ali, titled Keep On, produced by Eloquent, one of their first collaborations together. Is the ocean that's frozen in which you've been dozing? The future cries out, the past keeps knocking in my door. Such a sweet, seductive challenge to breathe your life into the balance. Trying to Ali tells us how she started working with Eloquent and why he was like a mentor. What, what's your connection to Sona Eloquent as people know him? Sona is such a good friend of mine. Like, I love him so much. He was almost like a mentor to me because when I released my first single, he reached out to me right away. And we kind of knew each other like from the beat scene or whatever, but he didn't really know that I sang until my first single came out. He hit me up and I was like, would you remix it? Thinking that like, He's not going to say yes, but he did. And then he threw me the beat for interference and I was like freaking out. He was like, you have three days. I got to send everything in for mastering in three days. So like if you can do something for his project, if you can do something in three days, then Mm. you'll be on the album. And I was just like, oh my gosh, because I've been a fan of his. I had been a fan of his for years at that point. And I did it. I just threw it together really quickly. Like interference was basically a freestyle. And Mm. that's how our relationship started. We talk so I got my backpack on, 
said that you don't necessarily feel like you fit into the Toronto sound. Yeah. First, how would you describe the Toronto sound? Well, you know what? Like, I feel like Toronto sound, what I think of when people say that is more like this trappy, um, moody, like very dark R&B vibe. So when I say that I don't fit with that, that's what I'm talking about. It's not that I don't like that music. I'm into it. I think that what I'm doing is definitely a little bit different than that. Um, and how would you describe it, what you're doing compared to what the Toronto sound is? I think I'm trying to do something that's like feels organic to me. That is, that is just like vulnerable and just really honest but also the sound that like the 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 sonic is also kind of different right mm -hmm, like, uh, for sure can you Definitely more it? groove based yeah. you know um i love to try to incorporate like live instrumentation in there when i can like no forever has live drums on it um cole the count and second son and harry and river tiber you know like they all love to have those live elements as much as they like the electronic sound. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like that mashup aesthetic of, um, of both those things, like kind of analog and digital. Second Son is a producer, a multi-instrumentalist, and a longtime collaborator with Ali. I'm talking about like her first song on SoundCloud, which is called Cross My Mind. And he tells us how he met Ali. She was a kind of energy that I knew that whatever came from her would be cool. You know what I mean? I, I'd never heard her sing before. I wasn't sure who she was. I, we'd met at a Eloquence and Sunclef show at Wrong Bar, you know, from a mutual friend. We were just hanging out. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, you're cool. Like, come over, let's hang out, and we'll see what's up. That sort of loose, vague, non-specific end. And when she came over, I played her this beat that mm -hmm. I was kind of working on, mm -hmm. and she was sort of singing, and that became uh, Cross My Mind. I don't know if you know a tune. Mm -hmm. It was the first tune that we made. It's still my biggest sort of splash in the internet world of music, mm -hmm. a song that we made together called Cross My Mind. After that, we were like, oh shit, I think we're onto something. And the process was so fun and easy and chill, and we both really respected each other. And it took us all four months, five months to go through making one song. By that time, it was like, okay, we know how to do this, let's do some more. We made three more. We started playing shows together a lot. When yeah. we started playing together, me and Ali, it was like, we had just released Strange Creature, which is her first EP, and I produced all the songs on that. Mm -hmm. And it was the first thing I'd put out on the internet ever. And, uh, you know, she's so driven and, like, amazing at everything she does, and people really just really messed with what she was doing which means they were messing with what I was doing even if they didn't know it was me it was like she was bringing me there do you know what I mean to be honest I owe a lot to Allie like as a person and a friend but honestly as musically for sure she brought me there my name is Harrison I'm 21 years old and I live in Toronto Ontario and I make music yeah electronic music I was like what, what do I make <laughs> Like, are you really real? 
That song is titled Vertigo featuring Ali and produced by Harrison. Harrison has also made music with another artist that I'm really excited to share with you named Claremont II. He's an artist that I feel that has a bright future. And when I asked Harrison what's so special about Claremont, this is what he had to say. There's so much special about that guy. He's a little champion, that's what he is. I, I, I can't express how intelligent he is when it comes to music making and how much like soul he has. Like, that would be, like, the only way to say it. It's like, oh, damn. Claremont's got a lot of soul. All right, so without being rude, I don't really like you, but I'll give you a chance. And I feel bad for the fact that I said, well, date in advance. I mean, I didn't say that, but I said, give me some days so I could process what I'm doing. Had to hit up the friends. Homie told me I should try it out. You kind of cute. And I commuted to her dance so that I could compute. Rehearsal for some dancing thing that we were both in. I looked you in the eyes from the road that I'm sitting in. I might have made a mistake by letting the slip. Luckily, you still like me, so I have time to fix. This problem that I caused, so trust that I am with. You 100% through this whole relationship. You called me a jerk. I guess that I'm deserving it. I didn't know that what I did will make you cry a bit. When I don't see you, I don't like you, but I'm trying it. But when I see you, I don't think about just leaving. He's got to go somewhere, man. He will. I think he's ambitious. And I think he knows. So he will do great in life and music. That's his passion, man. Like you can just tell that's his passion. We share a lot of the same values too. Harrison got me on a song that made that song the single of his album with the video, like, you know, and that was that was super sick. That was super cool. He's only 19 years old. Claremont II has a compelling body of work. He's toured nationwide with Sunreal, performed alongside Goldlink, and he's going to tell us what his sound is influenced by and how it compares to the overall Toronto sound. Very inspired and influenced by the old school. So from how like those movies used to look to what they used to wear to how things used to be colored to how music used to sound, that, that, that kind of morphs me. Um... But off top, even if I hop on one of those dark, gloomy Toronto sounding tracks, my voice is so eccentric that like I, I feel I don't have a rapper's voice. So my voice is so eccentric that as soon as I hop on that, like the song is now mine. And like and it's different off top. She loved me and she don't love you. And the funny thing about your girl is she love me too. Whipping with my team, with my clique, with my freaking crew, whipping on the street, on the road, on the avenue, whipping with my team. Another Toronto artist who has worked with Claremont II is M.I. Blue, a multidisciplinary artist inspired by film and music. She draws in listeners with her captivating voice and distinctively deep and soulful sound. Claremont had her featured on his song Temporary from his album Quest for Milk and Honey, the Black Edition. You recognize all you got is tonight your time Slowing down, reverse all you want, but it's all in your mind, but I try to make a mighty stand, but they don't want to, they don't want to. Am I Blue tells us when she started to take music seriously. At some point, 
I was just listening to a bunch of SoundCloud producers and singers and artists on SoundCloud, and I'm like, man, these are kids like the same age as me, just in their basement creating such beautiful music, and maybe I can create something like that too. So I just started uploading some random songs. Mm-hmm. You won't find them anymore because I, I made them private. Private. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and that was that was fun. It was a lot of fun. I did it mostly for myself, just to put something out. I didn't think I would be bored to listen. What to What was it. the first thing that you put out ever up- uploaded to SoundCloud? Oh man! Yeah, it was called Black Watch. Black Watch. Okay. Black Watch. I'm doing a, a different version of that song mm-hmm. on my EP on my upcoming EP, but that was my favorite thing I've ever put out. But I I, I keep it private because it's just mine. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you discovered SoundCloud? Of like, what was that moment where you're like, what is this platform? Oh man, yeah, I remember yeah. the first time people kept talking about it. SoundCloud this, SoundCloud that, and I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I I went after school. This is like I was 15, and I googled SoundCloud and I. Saw Saw like a bunch of. It was weird to me because of the way that the website looked. You know what I mean? There was just a bunch of music, and I started playing it, and I didn't understand what, what is this. What, what is this? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get it. And it took me like weeks to understand that these are just regular people just creating beautiful music and posting them for free. And it's wow, it's amazing. See your reflection. Seems like you're always high. No need to hide it. I know it don't feel alive. I know only the moon makes you feel alive at night. I know. Birthday Boy is a producer that brings a danceable, groovy beat to the Toronto music scene. He draws in everything from funk to disco to R&B. He's also made some fire with Ali. Like the songs I can't wait and bad habits. When I came out, or like first when you put that together, like. What, what, what were you feeling when that song came together? I felt like I was trying something a little bit new on that one. It's a little, it's much slower than most of the stuff that I had done to that point. And I was also singing on the chorus. So like originally, it was like this really slow beat with me singing on the chorus, and then these verses, which I intended for like a rapper. But then as I listened to it, I was like, man, this would kind of be doper if it was like an R and B song with a singer. And I was so happy when I played it for her, and she really liked it. And then She wrote the verses, recorded it, and then just gradually made my voice quieter in the mix to where you can't really hear it because her voice was so beautiful. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> so after, and then what was the response like when you guys actually put that out? It was good. Yeah, yeah that was cool. It was like. Were you surprised at all? Um. It was like over a hundred thousand listens, I think. Yeah. 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 So that was pretty cool. I was yeah. like, I think that when we put that track out, was one of the f- some of the first times that I got onto like press um, sources that were like bigger. Like I can't. I think that song got on Pitchfork, and so I was hyped on that. I was like, I had read Pitchfork for a long time, so hmm. I was hyped to be on it. Um, so I think it helped legitimize like what I was doing after. So I think that that song actually was kind of important for me you know and also getting to know Ali and like she's become a really good friend and all the stuff that I'm doing now like a lot of it is related to working with her and it's cool yeah, yeah. 
because he came back again together and he created yeah. uh, bad, bad habits. habits. Yeah, which was sick. She did such a good job on that. I thought I put too much stuff in the beat because it's like got this kind of. She kind of just like fit in there and she flows really well over the beat. And um, I was trying to mix like something kind of picturesque with like the piano intro and then have it be like it goes from that into something a little harder. And I think that was cool. It kind of like fits, it kind of fits with her style, mm. I think. And what do you think of the her project? Her it's great. album? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm so proud of her. It's fucking sick. Like, you know, she's recording all this stuff herself. Yeah. She's like engineering it herself. And the actual like vocal production is like pretty dope. She chooses dope harmonies to use and she layers her voice in an interesting way. So it all contributes to the sound and like the fact that she just like put that together is pretty sick. It manages to be cohesive even though there's different producers. I think that she really like she really got to the like vibe that she was going for. The feel of her music like really matches her personality. It's got like an aura. Broken hearted babies racing towards the limelight. Everybody shaded. They can get their minds right. Whisking on the brain The one commonality you may notice amongst all the creators is they're self-reliant. From Claremont II, who literally shoots, directs, and edits his own music videos, to Ali, who recorded, arranged, and edited her debut album in her home studio. So I recorded and arranged and edited all the vocals, almost all the vocals in my home studio. It was such a process. like It was such a learning experience. Um, and I did a lot of the... I did a lot of the same process for my last EP, Moonless. But this time I just got like way deeper into it and really like found a passion for the engineering side of things, which was really cool. It was just like I felt like I had so much more control over um, how I wanted things to sound and really learning so much more about mixing my vocals and, and all the levels and like the effects that I wanted. And, and when... I handed it off to be mixed by Jay, Jay Dufour, mixed um, a bunch of the project. And I ended up sitting in with him on a bunch of those sessions and like learning so much from him. He just won the Juno um, this year for engineer, engineer of the year. So just to like sit in with him and watch him mix was like such an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it just made me feel like a lot more in control. And what, how do you like that control? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I feel like there's still like this imbalance in the music industry in terms of producers and engineers being like very, all male. Yeah, it's yeah. very dominated by yeah. by men. So yeah. it's important to me right now to just like learn as much as I can and really like get more hands on. Like I still have so much to learn, but I love that I can, you know, get in there and like and find this passion for for this other side of it that mm. I didn't know that I really had. Claremont literally does everything on his own. Everything. What aspects of your art do you make? Everything. Like um, what? Tell me. I produce yeah. all my music. 
Mm-hmm. Like one once in a while, I get a beat from like my brother Cola. You produce meaning you make all. I the make beats. the beats. Yeah. for every instrument. Yeah. Uh, I mix it. I master it. Sometimes I sample myself. I direct my music videos. I shoot some of the music videos I'm in. Um, with the team, of course, you know, shout out Asia, shout out Hezzy. I edit the videos. I color correct the videos. I drop the videos myself. I do my, I direct the photography that goes like on all my stuff. Uh, sometimes I take my own photos. I t- I've taken my own press photos before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? I take my own press photos. Um, what else do I do? Uh, I was going to say something. What about your artwork? Art. Oh yeah. So like from, from flyers to posters but like i designed those my actual logo with the face my sister actually did that so my family does art this is why i'm like you know i could do this my dad sings my sister sings plays guitar draws paints my brother draws plays instrument like every instrument one of the best producers i've ever heard in my life raps you know because of that like i've been able to you know take things into my own hands and i have i have total control over everything so, that's why I do everything. So and I can't blame anybody else. You're a control freak then? Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean, though? Like, is, is that, like, a is control freak a negative thing or is it a positive thing? Because if it's positive, then, okay, I'm a control freak. But if it's, if it's negative, then ah, maybe that's not the right word. Uh, I don't know. I just, like, because once you start letting people kind of control things that you, like, don't necessarily trust to control it. Because mm-hmm. that's your vision, man. Like, you want your vision to happen the way you see it. Mm-hmm. So... With me, like, when I see something, the best way for me to execute it is to do it myself. Or I would ask somebody, like, hey, like, how do you do this or blah, 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 if I need to gain some knowledge. But more times I'm on YouTube. More times I'm watching movies to kind of figure out some new directing techniques, you know, looking at my favorite directors, how they shot something, how they colored something. Details. So that's Mm. how I treat it with everything across the spectrum. So does it feel like freedom then? Yeah, of course. Yeah, music, musical freedom, art, when, artistic when, when freedom. When you're doing all those things, like, because you're, you're, you're growing. Yeah. How does that feel? Like, you know, you just showed me your music video yeah. where the color collecting looks crazy it's, and the yo, shots some, look crazy. nasty with it. <laughs> and the, the song, the beat was dirty. I was like, you made this beat? Like, yep. Yeah. Um, Yo, yeah. it's great because depending on who you are, I mean, it should make you want to be the best or it should make you want to be better than your peers or be better than the level that you're at Mm -hmm. Uh, for me it was like this is not sounding the way i want it to sound or this doesn't look the way i want it to look Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna release i'm gonna publicly release some errors still trying to figure this out i've only started like you're always growing so when you're doing this i've only started like being satisfied entirely with what I'm doing very recently because even with the video I showed you, that's music that I wanted to do. There's music that I've been wanting to do, but I didn't have the skill level to, you know, to execute it properly. Now that I'm finally here, it's so relieving. However, at the same time, like now I want to be better than that. And I kinda wanna improve mm. on that and like just kinda wanna kinda wanna shut it down, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. It feels good to 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 improve and know that you can improve more and mm-hmm. and like I'm 19 like I got time.
are a lot of amazing things happening in Toronto, but that doesn't mean the city is without its challenges. Here's Ali and Birthday Boy talking about what needs to be changed and improved in Toronto. All the venues that are closing, you know, like venues just keep shutting down. I feel like every week there's an, I think, studio bar just shut down last really? week. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And it's a lot of these venues that like a lot of us on the kind of more DIY scene really rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's tough. I mean, I feel like basically the infrastructure here is just like kind of not strong enough right now to support the amount of talent that is in Toronto and for it to be this real like music city that that we want it to be. Um, so I think that we gotta we just gotta find ways to like actually support and we need places to play. Like we need venues and we need we need smaller venues. Like we can't it can't just be these, you know, these one thousand, two thousand people, maybe yeah. two hundred or three hundred. Yeah, we need the smaller venues for the uh for the up and coming artists and I think just more support in general so that people don't feel that they have to go to the States or they have to go to Europe. Um, which I think you do you do still need to leave right now. Um, in order to like you can't just sustain yourself as a musician in Toronto. At least I've had trouble with that so mm-hmm. I think that yeah we need to work on that I can't, can't be with you. Which places like Montreal where it's like really feels like a cultural city you know like for the most part Toronto is like what is it downtown it's skyscrapers and in the suburbs it's strip malls it's not the most cultural city I don't know if I'm saying in terms of like the aesthetics of like like you know they call it like concrete jungle like that type of thing you mean or, or what it's more like I wouldn't I don't think people would peg Toronto as like a cultural hotspot you know what i mean like they'd be more like oh it's a good place to live a good place to raise a kid but if you want to like make art you might go to like berlin or something like that but i think that despite that there are a lot of artists here and it's cool it's like maybe shifting the tide a little bit towards that but i mean at the same time it's shifting in the other way like venues are closing left right and center neighborhoods are turning into like these weird uh condo skyscraper places and um it's important that it's important that the arts are valued if you want to have a society that is enriched and good to live in it's been made clear that money is the most important thing but it can't be the only thing like you need you need this you need culture you need you need soul and spirit in a city for it to be a place that that people want to live you know what i mean sometimes i worry that we're just going to turn into this boring cultureless place and everyone's gonna have to leave and they won't be able to afford the rent the fact that things seem to be moving in two different directions at the same time is interesting and and it's important to like embrace it's important to embrace like what is basically a bit of a musical renaissance that's happening here because it might be one of the things that helps us like actually be a city not just a collection of rental units and stores and you're saying that uh 
all this talent and you know the impact that they're starting to have is like is like proof that this is important yeah i think so and it's like before drake like yo we have to give him so much credit because before drake like canadian culture was like there was the tragically hip who are dope i actually really like them but i feel like they were the justification for like just this overwhelming whiteness in canadian music industry and and so much dope shit was just getting overlooked so drake became the most famous canadian ever and so now people are thinking oh you know maybe there's more to this you know maybe there's more to toronto than we had thought maybe there's more to canada than we had thought you know what i mean it's frustrating that canada considers itself such a progressive country but in so many ways it isn't like how many like headleys do we need? Like, how many times do the grants have to go to the people who look the same? To the Nickelbacks. Yeah, and you know what I mean. No, just to them. They're good at music too, but yeah. like, it doesn't reflect my Canada. You know, it doesn't reflect how we like live and grew up and the things that we're into and the people we know and what the city looks like and mm. you know what I mean. I think it's like it's cool to see a, a, a new Canadian identity emerging that reflects that reflects the you know the true makeup of the country or i should say the city you know i don't i'm i don't know as well like canada you know sometimes i talk about canada and i feel like i'm really more talking about toronto because that's what i know i think we're heading in the right direction but maybe not fast enough because there's much more powerful forces at play heading us in the other direction whether it's development and building communities that don't even have playgrounds in them and it's like i feel like we're fighting against something that's unbeatable but when we make these little pieces of progress like that's valuable It's undeniable. The excitement that there is here in Toronto. It's not only one or two artists who are blowing up now. The city has the attention. And this is making us feel like anything is possible. Like a few years ago, there was that conversation. A lot of artists, uh, my friends, um, would talk about, you know, man, in Toronto, you can't. As an artist, you can't make anything. You can't be recognized and whatever. Mm. And now it changed. Now it's like, man, we can really make it. We can really, this can be like the new city. You know what I mean? Mm. This could be the new, I don't know, LA, Chicago. I don't yeah. know, I can create some really beautiful music. Um, and that's incredible. As I mentioned already, Ali's debut album, Nightshade, is out right now. Make sure you check it out on SoundCloud. And rightfully so, she's been receiving a lot of love. What does it feel like to be an artist from, from Toronto right now? It feels amazing. Like, it feels like something really special is happening right now. And I think everyone is tuning into that. Like, everyone's recognizing it. And I think Toronto has had... We've had a history of maybe not recognizing our own talent until it pops off elsewhere. Mm. So it's really cool to see people just like really embracing Toronto talent right now mm -hmm. in a way that feels, it does feel new. It feels like it's being embraced in, in a new way. Like people don't want the rest of the world to to find out about it before we do, mm. you know? And so you're saying uh, locally, mm -hmm. The attitude is now we're giving a chance to our own artists. We're going to shows. We're going. 
we're we're open minded at least. Yeah, open minded, and I think the support. You know, I see that the support is really there, and I'm mm-hmm. really feeling it right now for this album. about being part of the scene here and what's going on i feel good you know i'm i was just thinking about this as i was coming here because i went to ryerson i'm walking through the campus and i'm like remembering like feeling kind of isolated making music before like no one really cared no one listened and i didn't know anybody i wasn't going out and seeing people and it's kind of like good to just reflect on that and be like it's cool now you know like i'm i'm lucky to know like so many dope artists you Mm -hmm. know there's some really talented people in the city like it's pretty crazy and it's always been like this but now they're getting recognized it's cool i'm i'm super happy to be a part of it You know, yeah. you're at the alley. Uh, yeah. Can you speak about her? Allie, project yo, and her? shout out to Ali. Yeah. Shout out to Harrison. Shout out, shout out to the Count birthday boy. But, yeah. Uh, who else is in that second that son? Second son. Shout yeah. out to second son. Yeah. That's if I'm missing if I'm missing somebody, I'm sorry, but like mm-hmm. that in, in circle that circle right there, like yeah. those are like the Toronto circle that's really like mess with me as much as like they say they do. You know, like those guys are like great people and they're great artists so why are we not supporting each other you know what i'm saying daniel caesar and charlene are doing their thing too now it's crazy i can't go anywhere in toronto without seeing daniel's face it's nuts jesse reyes is out here doing her thing too uh so yeah man toronto is is on like i'm glad like the toronto that i like is finally like getting like serious like legacy shine you know what i'm saying like it's crazy so it's 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 crazy. It's it's cool, man. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yo, this is your boy Chetto. I'd like to thank you for listening to the special edition of the Come Up Show podcast brought to you by SoundCloud Next Wave. Now, I have to keep it real with you for a moment. I've been promoting Canadian music since 2007. That's when I started the Come Up Show radio show. And if you haven't been paying attention that long, the talent has always been there. That's why I've been promoting Canadian music for 10 years. I believe in it. And the only thing that has changed is the perception. People are now paying attention, not only internationally, but in the city as well. And because of that, there's a sense of hope, optimism, and real progress. Please take advantage of it. Support your peers and support your community if you're a fan. And don't let it get to your ego if you're an artist. I'm going to conclude this podcast with some wise words from Second Son. I do feel what you're saying, that right now seems to be a strangely exciting time 
to be making music in mm. Toronto. It seems like something's popping and everyone's starting to kind of take a look, you know? Uh, so hell yeah. I mean, this is another reason why I think everyone I know struggles with releasing music in Toronto. If Toronto has a hard time recognizing Toronto, if that's you know that's something you said, right? Like Toronto has been slow to recognize their own. I've heard that elsewhere too. You know, you're not the first one to say that. Yeah. But if that's true, I would think that a lot of the people who I know to be great artists in Toronto have a hard time letting anything out of their studio. And you can't sit around and feel like nobody's giving me props when you only put out one song in three years, you know? And so I think there's a lot of need to pressure ourselves and our peers, you know, in a loving way, with our arms around each other kind of feels. But yeah, put the shit out, man. Don't just leave it in your studio, you know? If you're making 10 songs, pick at least two, pick three, do something, put it out, you know? Because everyone is paying attention. And most of the time, the shit that is the best is the one you don't even really like as the one making it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like imagine if some of the songs we know from the artists you were just talking about didn't come out because they were too insecure, or wrapped up in whatever nonsense, you know? So like I'm glad that there's this turning of the tide in terms mm. of Toronto music. Don't don't get me wrong. But I also don't want to let that get to be too big of a thing because the pressure's always still on us to deliver quality music that's worth paying attention to and the music's only going to be as good as you're living you know mm. so we need to stay on each other stay on point keep it coming ride these waves as they come yeah but don't get a big head about it and stay yeah. stay stay on it you know so that when when a real wave comes it wasn't just a quick flare-up you know everybody know the cash is king we know the diamonds are girls best friend some niggas get it on the book, some lean on the corner for the ends. Okay, hustle, grind, climb in the city, trying to find that zen. Really, though, I must arrive from the rich, give to the poor, how nigga been? Really, though, I must arrive from the rich, give to the poor, how nigga been? Oh, Robin Hood theory, that's how we on it. I got that guala on my mind. I need money stacks for my time. Whoa. I need money stacks for my time. Which man want freebies? Keep it 100, nigga. Why you fucking with my grind? I need money stacks for my time.